Welcome to the Handshaker Hub podcast. We host weekly candid interviews with tech and telco execs from all over the world on both sides of B2B. We'll hear fun anecdotes, war stories, and we'll learn something together along the way too. Tune in with me, Leon Hardwick, your host, and don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. Welcome to episode seven of the Handshaker Huddle. This week, we are bringing you Alex Bowman from Data on Tap, otherwise known as Dot Mobile in Canada. They're the first uh, full MBO uh, in Canada, and it's and it's only just recently been announced. The guys have been working on um, this launch for some time, but it's really great that they've had that um, regulatory thumbs up. Uh, this conversation with Alex was recorded at the middle of last year. Um, Alex talks about how a new business, a new organization, um, interacts with supply chain potential innovators and partners, and what they can bring to the table that's slightly different maybe to uh, what they can offer some of the larger, more established telcos. We have a great conversation. Alex is uh, a, a really articulate guy with um, a very customer-focused brain, so it's great to hear his thoughts on this. Um, I hope you enjoy the interview. Good morning, Alex. Uh, good morning, Liam. Joining. Thanks for joining. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? Not too bad. We've just had a little bit of magic, uh, so that's kept us entertained for a little while this morning. So I must say um, to everybody, Al just has just had his first child, so he's not joining us today, I, I take it, Alex. Um, yeah. uh, we, we, but that's fa- like fine. You know, you, you never get that time back. So I, I just hope you enjoyed it. Um, so Alex, a couple of icebreakers for you. So we've got sure. like 25 minutes, 30 minutes together. Um, you guys are trying to change things right in, in your market. So just very roughly give us a bit of a feel for what it is you guys are trying to do and, and what's wrong with big telco uh, as you see it, uh, not just in Canada, but globally. So just give us a feel for sure. whatever you guys do. I, I guess I'd start by, uh, by saying um, big telco is doing a lot of things right. Uh, you know, I hate to jump into this and, uh, and it become a competition of uh, who can say the, the meanest things about big telco because it's, it's not true. They're, they're doing a great job in Canada in particular. Uh, we have, um, you know, good, solid infrastructure and, uh, and all of the three players are doing a good job of, uh, for the most part, keeping Canadians connected. Um, the challenge that we see, and I think this is not just a Canadian challenge, is that when companies get uh, big enough, and when you're an infrastructure company, you're typically going to get big enough because you have to invest a lot in uh, in the actual physical uh, radio access network. When you get that big, um, the only real path forward is to try to serve everybody. Your network covers everybody, so you have to try to serve everybody. Uh, and and I think as we um, have better and better tools as organizations, as companies, as individuals, uh, we kind of owe it to everybody to build something a little more uh, specific and tailor-made. And that's just, um, and, and I'm sure the big telecoms will tell me that's what they're doing right now, but I can guarantee that uh, their version of that is still just uh, tweaking the same paradigm over and over again. Um, I would imagine that if we could, you know, 
took a, a handful of big telecoms and asked how many rate plans they were managing in their back end, we'd probably be in the millions. <laughs> and, and honestly, they would probably be, if you boiled it down to how they operated, they'd probably all be almost exactly the same. And yet they still have a million variations of the same thing. Um, and, uh, and so I think um, a lot of people are starved for a choice um, that really reflects what their needs are or how they, um, how their you know, finances work or what their business looks like or what technology they're using. Um, and, uh, and we've kind of got a, a very stable paradigm across everybody and nobody's really breaking that mold, uh, particularly at the, the infrastructure level. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because, um, and, and I appreciate you saying uh, this is not about bashing big telco because there are yeah. lots of things they're doing right and they're keeping everybody connected in a very challenging time, right? But mm -hmm. there is that element of, of customer focus, um, you know, a one-size-fit-all that really doesn't work anymore that, that um, has to change. So how do you go about changing that? So what, what, is, what have you guys done to kind of uh, build something different and new? How, where do you start really? Hmm. So I think the where do you start is a good question. So I was um, uh, I was lucky enough to, to go to um, uh, a conference uh, and August and I spoke at it, but we also got to hear from a lot of great leaders in customer experience uh, in North American telecoms. So some of the big telecoms from Canada, the big ones in the US, they all got to have the chance to talk about what they were doing around the customer experience. And so if you eliminate kind of the infrastructure, the pieces that people don't really, you know, see happening, and it's really about differences in what the, the user experiences, um, it was uh, it was enlightening to, to see kind of what they were investing in. Um, and, and like, I hate to maybe describe it this way, but it's kind of like uh, solving problems of their own device. Like they're, they're, they've created these problems and then they're investing in ways to solve the problems that they've created. So um, for example, uh, you know, maybe let's say, you know, a very high percentage of calls to a call center, which is a big uh, expense for a telecom, um, are all related to billing. Um, so they've got a root cause of billing being complicated or, or um, unfriendly to their users. Uh, so they put a layer in front of the call center to reduce costs, where now you end up talking to essentially AI that tries to answer the most common questions about it or, or potentially just take long enough on the phone that you don't talk to a real person who's more expensive. Um, and, and those are big wins, right? There's a huge savings in, in OPEX, but um, what it doesn't do is go back down to the root cause of why it's happening in the first place. So when we thought of this kind of, um, uh, you know, challenger or, or disruptor or whatever we want to describe uh, this as, it was about um, kind of backing up and not thinking about what had been built or what already exists, but think about what users need and which of those types of needs are not currently well served in the market and then start from there and build that. So, uh, so that for us created like a, a completely different pricing paradigm than what we're seeing in, in most of the North American market. Um, also a little bit different than what you'd see maybe in, in Europe or Africa or places where you'd see maybe um, more prolific prepaid options. So we've kind of got like a, uh, what we think is a little bit different um, and then, then what we're seeing normally. And it's really about that, uh, that, concept of not thinking about the tech, not thinking about what you can do today, but thinking about what the need is, what product would solve that need, and then figuring out how to build it. And honestly, things are advanced. If you take that approach, you can probably build almost anything. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of challenges that have become pretty big, you know, you look at sort of the electric vehicle market, you look at other, I guess, um, yeah. industry sectors, 
when, when they strip it down to its fundamentals, it, it, it then gives you the opportunity to build it again, you know, from scratch without all the legacy and without all the same thinking and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so I guess that's, you know, it's a really great place to start. And, you know, you guys look at the problem versus the, okay, um, uh, you know, taking the legacy stuff forward because it's easier maybe. Um, but so, so you start with stripping it down. Um, but do you look to other areas or other industries to help you with that? Because um, I, I, know, I know you guys have worked in telco for a long time, but have you had seen any sort of guidance or um, blueprints from other places that, that have helped you to date? I think um, I think a good example of what uh, what we kind of look to for inspiration would be the fintech industry. Yeah. So um, you know, uh, banks are also monolithic, and uh, and then you know you've got this new kind of industry of trying to take existing banking architecture, the best way to put it, and and finding new ways to create uh, products or experiences on top of it. Um, without necessarily having to build everything over again. Um, and, you know, people coming together and taking different pieces to help build that experience. So uh, you don't have to necessarily do uh, everything from scratch. So even though I talked about, you know, getting rid of legacy, I think it's more of the the mindset to get there, but there's still a lot of existing tech that you're not going to go and re-engineer because it's, you know, been engineered to death and it can do everything now, right? <laughs> like, like, I'm not going to go out there and try to build my own core network. Um, there's plenty of people who have done fantastic jobs in, uh, in developing core networks. Uh, yeah. So when we think of fintech, we kind of now take what we're doing and we like to describe it as telco tech because we want to take a similar approach. There are pieces that we should not be rebuilding and that should be utilized in just um, ways that uh, help more people uh, or solve different problems that aren't being solved today. Yeah. So we think there's a huge opportunity for uh, uh, MBNOs, particularly full MBNOs, uh, which would mean that they're operating their own core network and just using the radio access network. Um, and in that kind of paradigm, uh, it gets very similar to what you might be doing in the, the kind of fintech industry. So we look to them for inspiration, like how they how they take um, pieces from each other, how the API economy helps them build uh, build solutions faster, iterate more quickly, um, and uh, and yeah, I'd say that's kind of our our biggest inspiration. So, so you know, you guys have taken this, um, you've taken the problem, you've looked at it from from scratch. You've got some uh, inspiration from other uh, industries, and and you've got the ball rolling, and you guys are kind of pro- progressing and looking to a full launch. And I'll talk to you a bit about where you are in a mm-hmm. second. This this whole discussion is really about the ecosystem that supports the telcos, right? Regardless of size or whatever, yeah. um, how does the ecosystem support you as a challenger to make your um, vision come to reality. How are um, are you guys engaging your supplier network, and um, are there differences to, to maybe what we would do with a traditional big kind of monolithic telco? Hmm. Um, so, I think one of the things that we see happening. And, and so I've been on the other side in like a larger telco. It was still a, a bit of a startup at the time, but ended up, you know, it's essentially the fourth uh, national uh, carrier now yeah. in Canada. So uh, I think a lot of what happens there is um, it's difficult for people to, to bring the right types of solutions to the right people sometimes. Um, and if it is like uh, you then still have to sell it to all the other pieces in the organization. Uh, so we're smaller right now. So like kind of every conversation is with all the right decision makers. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so like some of those pieces are, are easier, but for us, um, because we're um, very early, uh, like the, the biggest challenge we find is that, you know, everybody comes to you and they say, we can do everything. 
Yeah. Nobody wants to say, I'm going to do this one thing and I'm going to do it really great because they think maybe that's not the thing you want to buy. Um, but uh, when somebody does come to us or when we're able to see something very clearly delineated as like, you know, this will essentially be a best in class experience for this like one piece here. And yes, it could do some other things on the periphery. We may or may not want to use those if they, they, they may not do everything we need. But if I can just take this one piece and I can use it and it's not going to break by not using the other pieces on the outside, then it's a, it's a kind of um, a product that really helps us. Uh, because um, if we start selecting kind of our, like separate monolithic pieces that we then have to use like 80% of it and then try to find it to wait for it to work with something else that we're only going to use 40%. But um, the, the number of things that we uh, we have to start connecting and the type of legacy systems we create for ourselves that we can't uh, change later um, is it would be a challenge for us. So uh, we're looking for pieces and, you know, it, for, for anybody who would be building a product that we could use, um, we want you to feel like we want to use just this one piece and that piece is replaceable because you need to be a provider that is going to be iterating and staying on top of things so that we, um, you know, we're, we're not locked into to anybody and not to say that we have a, a mindset of we need that, you know, we want to swap everybody, but, um, we want to work with people that are going to move, uh, move paradigms forward, move technology forward, stay on top of things, um, and not just assume that they can rest on their laurels because they've locked us into an ecosystem that we can't swap out. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and it's yeah. it's a theme that's come yeah. out from some of our interviews already today. Um, please don't sell me everything, um, and tell me that this thing can do everything, and there's a bu bunch of jargon and buzzwords attached to it. And please also consider that you know we want to be as agile and as nimble as possible. And even the big guys are saying that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, from your experience, you know, are and I know you have a different experience with freedom um, yeah. to, to where you are today, but. From from dot mobile's perspective, are your suppliers an ecosystem that you kind of engage in? I know there's one or two that are successful and are working with you, but how do you feel you're being pitched to? Right? Are, are you you feel generally positive about what um, you're being engaged with and how you're being engaged? What's your current kind of experience of the people that come into you with possible um, solutions? So, um, if there's anybody who Here's this, and they're in sales. Uh, my my biggest piece of advice on this is, uh, um, like, if you're gonna talk to somebody like us, and we give you a, a pitch of what we're doing and where we are and what we're looking to accomplish, um, responding to that with that same, we just talked about that kind of like, you know, here's what we do, and we do everything, and I'm gonna show you like an entire customer journey from start to finish. Um, it, there's like a very large disconnect. So some sometimes we get, uh, and, and not to say those products are bad, but um, kind of starting with the, the here is everything we do and isn't it so amazing that we've invested all this time and effort and we can do everything, um, you know, makes it very difficult for any kind of conversation to move forward. Um, so similar to how we're trying to find specific needs and find what, uh, what kind of gap we can fill, um, that's really the kind of, especially for somebody small like us, that's what we need because I don't have a team of 10 people who will then go through, go through your pitch, go through your tech decks and say, you know what, this is actually great. We can use these three things from these guys. Like I kind of need, I kind of need somebody to come to us and say, you know what, we see that you're not doing these three things very well, or you don't have somebody doing this yet. Um, and we're fairly open about where we are and what we accomplished and what our needs are and what we're trying to do. Um, so, so I think it's important for uh, anybody who's trying to, bring their product into somebody else's ecosystem to like be able to see where it fits on their own without necessarily um, 
without us having to do all the work. If otherwise, it's like, yeah, one size fits all. It's not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think um, one of the things that also comes out through these conversations is you know you need to to really get an understanding of the people you're talking to. I, I actually find it quite amazing that people will not do the, the sort of relevant research and stuff before we mm -hmm. come and talk to you guys, right? And also when they're talking to you, you know, rather than having the ears open and the mouth shut, it, it's kind of almost like you go on to, well, I'm just going to just keep talking and throwing stuff at you until it sticks. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, there's that consultative approach that I think needs to come out more. Um, the more you listen, the more you can kind of pick up and tailor things to, to, the, to the need. So, yeah, maybe it's teaching people to suck eggs, but it, it's amazing how, people, how many people don't do it. Um, yeah. In, in terms of your experience, then, so since dot, you've, you guys have got dot, dot mobile off the ground, what's been sort of the overriding um, experience with your current supplier base? Like, what's the main theme that gets them across the line to help you guys out make big changes in the market there? Mm -hmm. uh, so it, we've kind of got a, a mix. So there are some like uh, some people we work with where it started with you know finding the personal relationship. Uh, understanding that you know the types of people involved um, are likely to be able to work well together, um, and uh, and in some cases where we need you know customization or the work is about you know uh, taking a broader platform and molding it to do the specific thing we want, uh, that we find is the most important part. Is will the will the people work? Um, can we find a way to have um, these two organizations uh, actually deliver on something together, uh, particularly when we're small? Um, you know, we can't rely on just like very large sets of people, um, you know, kind of uh, half doing their job together. Um, it becomes very integrated. It's it's a very kind of a one team approach a lot of the time. So the, the people involved and understanding that becomes most important when it's those kind of larger tools or platforms that can do a lot. Um, and then on the other side, uh, often if, if it's specific and focused enough, um, we almost don't really, that other stuff doesn't really matter because um, we know it's going to do one thing, one thing only, and we're taking it kind of off the shelf to do that one thing. Uh, so being able to very clearly identify that the, that it can do that and that it'll do it in this way. Um, and that it's, uh, you know, uh, something that we can access, you know, through the, through APIs or there's some, uh, some way for us to uh, take this and just, you know, plug it in um, at that point, like, you know, the, the people almost don't matter because if it's documented and specific enough, um, we can kind of just take it and run. I don't know it's if that answered the question well enough. No, it, does. it absolutely does. I mean, it's, it's, it's fundamentally about evaluating the, the personalities and the people involved and if your, if your outlooks are aligned, right? So if you, if you have um, similarities in the way you approach things, then, then things are probably going to kind of be a lot smoother. Um, I, I think, you know, the tech companies can overcomplicate some, uh, things sometimes and, and do themselves a disservice when, when dealing with operators. Because, yeah. you know, you would think that you would have all the documentation aligned and ready to go, but a lot of time it's not, it's not there, right? Um, no. so, so we don't help ourselves help the buyer make their decisions quicker. Um, I, I, again, that came out earlier as well with the bigger players. So where are you guys in your journey right now? So, you know, I, I keep abreast of what you're up to, but it'd be great for you to tell everybody what, where you're at and what you're hoping to happen over the next few months. Yeah. So we're, um, uh, we're kind of, uh, fairly far along in, uh, building out uh, the kind of technical side of our business. So, 
uh, we've landed on uh, a core network uh, partner, uh, and we've built in kind of a, a good uh, micro-application, microservices layer through one of our other partners and uh, been doing a custom front-end. Um, and, uh, you know, some of it has its own challenges. We've been uh, decided to build the front-end using Flutter so that we had a kind of a single code base for UI. So any of the iteration on the UX uh, on that side um, immediately could go to both iOS and Android users. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, Flutter as a, as a uh, platform isn't uh, it's fairly new so when you encounter a challenge or something that you need to do you're probably the first one doing it for the first time <laughs> so <laughs> so there's like some some learning curve there uh, and uh, and kind of now today where we are is we've got uh, kind of a, a, an alpha version of our application and uh, we're, we're a fully digital uh, provider so it means there will be no stores or call centers the only way to interact with us will be through the application or the website so the first version of the app is available uh, we built into it a lot of the core stuff that we'll need for wireless, but you can't yet uh, do the subscription through it. So we've got um, drop shipping through multiple uh, third-party uh, partners for accessories. We'll be having subscriptions included in there for things like insurance. Uh, we've got um, some pieces around monitoring uh, quality of connectivity. Uh, the idea behind that is um, if we're an MVNO, we aren't operating the radio access network, so we need some of our own data about how it's performing and uh, and to help uh, make sure that our customers are getting uh, what they need. Uh, and then at the same time, um, you know, we thought about some of those other things I described earlier, like you know the, the calls in the call center and how do you reduce some of those opex costs. So, uh, you know, if you look at something like an off the network operations center, if somebody's having network problems. Um, that individual talking to somebody else who doesn't know the network very well are going to fill out some kind of a ticket, some kind of a form. It's probably going to only have half the information that the engineer actually needs to figure something out. They're probably going to do a truck roll to go and get all the measurements properly. Uh, so we wanted to have a way to be able to enrich um, and automate some of that kind of uh, ticketing and support. So um, this, uh, this, these kind of tools are, are what we're building kind of foundationally into it, including our paradigm for how a user signs up and what payment looks like and, uh, and so on, and how our uh, data uh, for a kind of privacy side of things. Yeah. It, the, um, the other piece that we're still working on, though, is the regulatory side. So uh, regulatory and commercial negotiation in Canada has uh, never really allowed for independent MDNOs. And that's um, most of that has been delayed because of the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but that was kind of last year. A lot of our work went into that as well. Um, but we're uh, well once um, once the regulatory uh, kind of uh, environment is more clear, uh, I think everything moves uh, moves pretty quick. So we're we're ready to go. So when are you when are you hoping to go live with your new? Um, uh, also the, the way we've kind of uh, positioned it is as soon as uh, there's a regulatory decision and the framework for uh, MVNOs in Canada is known, uh, we need about six months uh, from that to do the integrations then with a mobile network operator. Um, and uh, and it's, uh, it, yeah, we're, we're fairly far along and, uh, and have done a lot of the pre-work. So it's just kind of that, that final bit of investment once, uh, once the, you know, smoke clears. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I'm really looking forward to this because, um, you know, I've dealt with you guys in a big business, right? And and you guys are always trying to change things. You're always trying to think of things so uh, differently from a customer's perspective. And it was quite refreshing. And when, you know, when I, when I heard you guys are doing something on your own, I was super excited to see what you would build because, you know, there's a lot of things that you would talk about that would always kind of resonate with me, like customer first, being more digital, being app based. And, um, 
you know, the model certainly is needed in, in on a global scale, but Canada as well, in particular. I, I just I hope that the regulatory guys get their bums into gear and get you guys uh, sorted out very soon. Um, yeah. I, from my perspective, you know, there's, there's a lot we can learn from people like yourself that are starting from scratch. Um, yes, you're going to say the same things in terms of feedback around, okay, let's be super clear about what it is you can help us with and uh, frame the problem properly and how you might be able to solve it. But like that fresh perspective of um, the collaboration and evaluating people on how you might be able to work together, I think is super interesting. Um, Claire, are there any questions from, from the audience? Because, you know, I, I no, no. Well, I mean, not not any more than the ones you've asked. But I, I was interested. By one of the questions I have for you is, is, what's the biggest challenge? And I suppose it is just sitting there waiting on this political and <laughs> those kind of decisions that you you can't legislate for, really, so to speak. You need to tell it's it's you have to be incredibly patient in in your yeah. field. Yeah, there there are some things that uh, that you know you're just very anxious to to go ahead and and, and enact change. And um, part of our uh, early marketing plans were to start um, engaging uh, Canadians who cared about this kind of thing. So we have almost uh, we have just over I believe eight thousand people now who have signed up to support us without without like pricing or plan or option. Just like you know, yes, this type of change is needed in Canada. Um, so it's so it's also encouraging that we can not just be on our own thinking about things. We get to go through and, and talk to Canadians about what's happening, and there's a lot of support out there. Um, and at some point, you know, exactly what we're building for Canada um, won't necessarily work in other countries, but we are thinking that at some point we can, you know, take what we're doing. Uh, it's modular enough and flexible enough that we can um, mold it to solve a specific problem somewhere else in the future as well. So. Um, I, I mean, we just know Canadians who are a little bit passionate about the things that are uh, that, that need fixing here. But we're on global domination. Yeah, global yeah. domination next up. But I like the fact that it's like, you know, you the people as your champion, which is great. You know, the mm -hmm. ultimate customer is your champion. It's, it's that, that's the perfect way to do it. That's what you need to do, Leon. Get all the your ultimate customers to be your champion. That's the way forward. Um, Thank you so much, yeah. Alex. We really appreciate that. I'm sorry we didn't get to see Algis, but I, I guess he's got bigger fish to fry at the moment or little yeah. fish to fry um, yeah, the smallest of fish yeah, yeah. <laughs> no fishing at all just <laughs> okay oh well thank you so much it was really lovely to meet you um and i know leon massively appreciates it don't you leon yeah brilliant to have you on i th thank you very much and pass our regards and congratulations to algis hope he's okay and he's getting some sleep um please stick around we've got some um some other discussions happening now so so stick around um have a listen in and we'll chat afterwards i suppose as well Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. Bye.